Welcome everybody to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Juba, helping you find happiness and joy on your homesteading journey. Today is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023, and this is episode number 83. It's hard to believe we're already halfway into June. I don't know how that's possible or where the time has gone, but here we are halfway through the year basically too now that I'm thinking about it. Um, We still have plenty of time though left in 2023. If you've got some big things you're trying to accomplish before the year is over, you've still got plenty of time to work on it. So today we are doing a completely random slash different topic and we're going to be talking about rescue animals today. So I want to start with why, why are we talking about rescue animals? So all of my animals are rescues. And I think sometimes if you have rescues, you love them and you know all about them. But other times rescues can get this stigma. And I'm not just going to talk about dogs today. I'm going to talk about cats too and other rescued animals you can have like pigs and cows and goats and you name it. So I'm going to briefly talk about some different stories that I've had and I've experienced. And then we're going to kind of lump it all back in with some hippie stuff here at the end. So we will start with my very, very first rescue animal that I've ever had, and his name is Rumpelstiltskin. He's a big, fat, gray cat. He's a Russian blue, and he is about 22 pounds. He is on a diet, so I think he might be more like 18 or 20 now, but he is still a very big boy. And I actually got him as at the same time as his sister. Her name was Deathstroke. And they were from the same litter, both Russian blues. They looked identical. So it was really hard to tell them apart until he became super big. And then it was really easy to tell him apart from his sister. So how were they rescued? They were, we knew somebody when I was in the Marine Corps, somebody at one of the bases nearby took in a stray cat to try to help the stray cat out. And the stray cat wound up being pregnant and out came three beautiful kittens. And they didn't know what to do with the three kittens. They just wanted to save the one cat. They didn't realize they were going to get four cats out of the deal. So what they did was they wanted to keep one of the kittens, a mom and her baby. But the other two, they weren't sure what to do with. They didn't want to give them to a shelter or anything. So conveniently, I had just gotten my first condo. And it was pet friendly. And we went ahead and adopted the two kittens. So we got them at about, I believe, six weeks old. So they were babies and we raised them as our own. They were free. Um, Deathstroke unfortunately passed away before she was five. So that was super sad, super tragic. Um, Rumpelstiltskin got super depressed after that because they'd been together forever. So we won't go too much further down that story. But why do I love that story? Because that was a way somebody helped out a stray cat. And she had babies that were born safely inside that got adopted to an amazing, loving family. And we got to raise our cats as kittens from kittens on up. And that's a rescue story that we have. We didn't have to pay for them. I mean, we had to pay for their shots and to get them fixed and all their care afterwards, you know, food, litter, things like that. But that's one type of a rescue story where it's just amazing like Rumpelstiltskin he's nine now and he's amazing and I love him every day I'm grateful for every day that I get to be with him and he gets to be with me and the rest of my crew of rescues 
So the next experience that I had with rescues, that condo we were living in, there were a bunch of stray cats outside. So many stray cats um, for various reasons and male cats, female cats, and they would have lots and lots and lots of litters of kittens outside. But we had just adopted our two kittens, so we couldn't really take in any more kittens. So what we decided to do to try to help, because we didn't really want to foster them inside, and we didn't want to, we, we wanted to help in some, any way that we could. We couldn't save them ourselves, so what we would do at the time is I would feed them, and I would love on them. So basically my goal, I became the cat whisperer. So any cat that was super feral, it was my goal to try to make them not feral anymore. It was my goal to try to get them to love me and me love them and them to accept pets and love. And it didn't always work, um, but eventually a lot of the cats did come around and they were a love, loving and amazing. And thankful, I'm so grateful that I met my amazing neighbor at the time, Debbie. She may or may not be listening to this, but she did some wonderful things for those cats. So while I would feed them and love on them, she was finding them homes. And she was bringing the mama cats with their kittens in her house temporarily until she was able to find homes for the kittens. And she was, there are a lot of different programs out there that will fix stray and feral cats for a somewhat cheap price. It still costs money, but it's not as expensive as going to a traditional vet. So she would take some of these cats and get them fixed. So this way they stop reproducing as often out there. And even the adult cats, she was able to find homes, I think for most of the cats, the adult cats and the baby little kittens that were so cute to watch play and grow up. So we did everything we could to try to help and save them and find them good loving homes. So thank you, Debbie, for basically running a little cat rescue right next door that I got to help you with that really, I think, started some of my love of rescue, seeing the transformation in these stray cats where they were so feral. You looked at them through your sliding glass door in the back of your house and they would run away because they were so feral. But by the end, you would walk out there and they were outside and they would come right up to you. They'd want pets. They'd want everything. They were just the best cats and they got adopted out and they're still the best cats and people love them. So the next experience that I had with a rescue besides cats was with my sister's dog, Hercules. So when I moved into my first house, I bought it, moved into the house and brought the two cats with me, Deathstroke and Rumpelstiltskin, bought a puppy because that's all I ever knew. That's all I ever grew up with was buying puppies. He was a cute little boxer puppy. We named him Bane. And we realized that he needed some kind of a friend of some sort. We needed a second dog to help our little boxer puppy with some of his energy. Um, and my sister was living with me at the time. So my ex is in law enforcement and he was on he was on shift one night and they came across this golden retriever puppy who was probably 2 or 3 months old at the time and they didn't know what to do. He'd been running out on his own for about a week. 
and they managed to catch him finally. They caught him, and what do you know, we brought him home, and he became Caroline's dog. So yet again, another free baby animal that we took in, and he's the best, the best boy. It was amazing to get to watch him grow up and be the dog that he is today. I've never had golden retrievers before, so that was something different too. Realizing how much he loved to swim, how much he loved the mud, and getting to watch. Like at two or three months old, a lot of golden retrievers, they've got what I lovingly call a rat tail, where their their tails are not fluffy. And then all of a sudden, adult golden retrievers have hella fluffy tails. So getting to watch that transformation... And really, as a golden retriever puppy, like, all he had were fluffy ears. And now his whole freaking body is fluffy. So that was really cute to watch him kind of grow into who and what he is. So super grateful that he was a stray just kind of wandering around on his own. And we were able to catch him and bring him home with us. I think that was amazing. So the next experience that I've had with rescues was at the farm sanctuary that I would volunteer at. So I'm going to quickly go down the rabbit hole of what a farm sanctuary is and why they're so important and some of the work that I got to see there. So farm sanctuaries, what are they? They provide they provide a safe landing space for farmed animals to go if they need it. So that's anything from goats, sheep, Uh, cows, pigs, chickens, roosters, alpacas, donkeys, like you name it, winds up at a farm, horses wind up at a farm sanctuary. This farm sanctuary in particular, so you might also be wondering, let me backtrack a little bit more, you might also be wondering why the hell would a cow need a safe spot to land? Like what, what what are you talking about right now? Or why would a pig need a safe spot to land? So there are so many animals out there that come from so many different backgrounds and they do need safe spots to land. So some of the pigs they would get would come from what's called a hoarding case. So usually what happens at the start of a hoarding case is somebody decides they want to farm. So they get themselves a male pig and a female pig and a male goat and a female goat and you know they get two or three of everything. And they don't fix them because they want big herds of animals, of course. But what they don't realize is how quickly these animals multiply and how much space these animals actually need to thrive and to be healthy. And so very, very quickly when your pigs are having litters basically of 10 pigs at a time, you can go from two pigs to 50 pigs very fast. And pigs need a lot of room. Now, I'm not going to say they need as much room as cows because they do not, but they do need a lot of room. And if you're on a small amount of acreage, you can quickly have too many animals too fast. And when there's not enough space, that's when they get really, really sick and they catch diseases, things like that. So it's a whole big mess. So animals come to farm sanctuaries that way where they were just in a bad place. Now, I'm not saying everyone that has a hoarding case did it on purpose and tried to make their animals sick, but that's just usually the rabbit hole it goes down. Uh, We've seen FFA programs through high schools wind up in the same issue 
where they get a pig or they get two pigs basically and decide they want to teach the kids about raising pigs and all of a sudden they wind up with too many pigs and they all get super sick because they're on a small plot of land so it's really sad to see that so that's one of the reason farm sanctuaries are in place and I'm gonna go down the baby rabbit hole here of the farm sanctuary that I would volunteer with Sisu Refuge in Duplin County so Duplin County has one of the I think it is the largest ratio of hog farms per like capita in all of the United States is Duplin County North Carolina so there are a ton of hog farms so that that means a lot of things one of the things that meant was during Hurricane Florence which came through in 2018 really impacted the area and like locations like Walmart where Walmart when you know there's a major hurricane come that's coming through they're not going to bring in a million semi trucks load up all their inventory and get it out of Dodge they're just going to leave what inventory they can and they've got insurance and they'll charge it against the insurance if something bad happens well these factory farms these hog farms view their pigs like Walmart does their inventory. They don't care. So when the hurricane came through, the pigs got left behind like they were items on a shelf and not actual sentient beings that cared or mattered. So those pigs, not all of them survived, but some of them did survive. And what they wound up doing, they wound up swimming away in the floodwaters from the hog farms. So now we're talking three, four, five, six hundred pound pigs walking around people's backyards in Duplin County and some of the surrounding counties. So what do you do? Well, people were just shooting them, like killing them on the spots in their backyards because they could. So Sisu Refuge specifically started so they could be a safe place for those flood pigs that swam away to have somewhere safe to go where they're not going to be shot in someone's backyard like they're meaningless and nothing so that was really something to see and to witness so they started early 2019 hurricane florence came through late 2018 so they started early 2019 i probably found them by the summer of 2019 I brought them some watermelons to feed the pigs and I thought four watermelons was gonna go so far I did not know I did not know um it was just amazing to see these animals that you don't traditionally think of as loving humans you know you traditionally think of cats and dogs really loving humans you can rescue them and do great things with them but you don't think of goats and cows and pigs rescuing them and seeing the amazing transformations that they go through too. So I just wanted to take a minute here and talk about all animals deserve to be rescued. All animals deserve the chance at a loving, safe, secure, and happy home. And the things that I got to see with those pigs, the thousand pound pigs as they got bigger. So most of the time your hog farms will kill the pigs after about six months when they reach the three to 400 pound range. But these pigs, some of them are now 
that was back in 2018. They're still alive five years later. These pigs are now pushing a thousand pounds or more. They, some of them are, some of them still don't love people. And that's completely understandable because they weren't really raised around people. They don't really trust people so much sometimes because some of their only interaction is getting shots or having to get their hooves trimmed or things like that. But there are other pigs where you got to see where they went from skittish and not really trusting people to all of a sudden they come right up to you and just immediately flop over for belly rubs because they want belly rubs. Or they'll come right over to you and they'll start rubbing on you and loving on you and it is amazing. Those pigs changed my life and it's not just the big pigs, but it's the pot belly pigs too. They are just as cute and as and cute and adorable. So I will say pigs have always been one of my favorite animals, number one. And number two, they are so smart. They are as intelligent as a toddler, three, four years old, a human, it's human toddler. They know their names. They know you could do tricks for treats with them, just like you can with a dog. They will sit for a treat. They can smile. They You can see it in their eyes that they have feelings, that they care and they matter. And I just, it's really hard to put into words without actually being there to witness the transformation that some of these animals went through. And I, I don't know, this is one of the many reasons why I am vegan and probably will be vegan my whole life (laughs) because I got to see that and I got to go out there every single weekend with these amazing animals and be around them. And I gave tours to a lot of people. I helped run run events, but it was more than just like the, I gave sweet belly rubs and gave some pigs treats today. Oh, I totally shoveled a bunch of shit and helped build fences, you know, just whatever they needed. So that's a whole different tangent of rescue right there. And not everyone's going to be capable of taking on a farm animal. Definitely do not take one on unless you have the proper acreage and the proper fencing and can afford to take care of them and meet their needs. And I will also say, if you can't rescue some kind of a farm animal, maybe you can help out at a farm sanctuary. And if you cannot help at a farm sanctuary, maybe you can donate to a farm sanctuary. It's one of my favorite things to do if I have a trip. I always try to look up nearest farm sanctuaries close to wherever it is that I'm visiting so I can go stop into a local farm sanctuary, even if I don't volunteer, but just to pay and get a tour of the farm sanctuary. I really love doing that as well and hearing some of the amazing stories of the animals. So whole different rabbit hole of rescuing right there. So the next rescue story that I have is my cat, Selena Skye. So I do think that animals are put into our lives for a reason. And I think you know when it's the right time for an animal. And when you, and I think you also know when it's the right animal if you listen to your intuition and to your gut. So I mentioned that we had Rumpelstiltskin and Deathstroke. And Deathstroke literally keeled over one morning when I was getting ready to go to the gym on a Monday morning at 5 o'clock. And... It wound up the vet let us know she probably had some kind of a heart condition because she is a Russian blue and those are considered an exotic breed. 
So Rumpelstiltskin got super depressed. I kind of had to nurse him through his depression there. I thought I was going to lose him too, is how depressed he got. He stopped eating and drinking for almost a week. He had to go to the vet a few times. They need they needed to give him fluids and an appetite stimulant, like all this stuff, just to try to help him get through it. So my thoughts were, I trusted my gut on this one. My thoughts were, he needs somebody. I need another cat for him. He needs another cat. So I started looking everywhere. Every, when I say I saw hundreds of cats, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I went to the shelter went and looked at all these different cats at kittens and at full-grown cats held a bunch of cats I went to the Humane Society and at the time this was also right after Hurricane Florence at the time there were so many stray cats from the hurricane that got picked up the Humane Society had multiple locations oh I went to all of their locations looked at every single cat pet cats picked up cats you name it And I just kept telling my ex at the time, nope, nope, this is not the cat for me. Nope, 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 can't find the cat I'm looking for. So it took me probably about three full months of looking for a cat until I found her. And I just knew. So I actually had wound up at a home and garden show. And I was not looking for a cat at the time. Like I didn't go to the home and garden show saying I'm going to find my cat here. Went to the Home and Garden Show and outside, the Humane Society was set up and they had a tent. Outside of the tent, of course, they had all the puppies. So we had to go see all the cute little puppies. And then I was talking to one of the ladies. I, she was working with one of the puppies and I said, yeah, we were looking for a cat. And I looked at what the Humane Society has to offer and I just couldn't find the right cat, you know. So I'm still kind of looking for a cat. And the lady said, no, there's, there's cats here. And I told her, I was like, no, you know, I looked at the Humane Society and I didn't see a cat that I liked. She's like, no, these cats belong to the Humane Society, but they're fosters. So they weren't at the locations you went to go visit. I said, okay, okay, fine. Show me the cats that you have. And she takes me to, they're all in these big like wire cages. And so I see, I'm like looking at the cats and I tell the lady, no, I, I don't really see the cat for me. And she's like, no, trust me. The cat for you, she's in the back corner hiding. Let me get her out really quick to show you. And I was like, okay, sure. Out of the hundreds of cats I've seen, you're going to pull this scared-ass little cat out of a back corner, and that's going to be my cat? Yeah, okay. Uh, Sure enough, she pulled the cat out of the corner, put this cat into my arms, and I fell in love. Like, immediately fell in love, turned around because I went to the home and garden show with my ex and my sister and a couple friends. And so I turned around to them and said, this is my cat. I'm bringing her home this week. And they all looked at me like I had lost my damn mind. They were like, uh, okay. (laughs) So the cat's name was Sky. And I do have a theme here of villains for my animals. So her name could not stay Sky, but I felt bad getting rid of Sky because she actually responded to that. When so she was an adult cat. When I say adult, she was about 9 months old and they had picked her up because of Hurricane Florence. She had had a litter of kittens already at 9 months old. They don't know her story. She's an all black cat. Her tail is this weird medium length. So they also don't know 
what that was caused by or how it happened. They don't know if she had a family or if she'd been stray her whole life. Nobody really knows. So here's this nine-month-old all-black cat. They named her Skye, and they'd had her for probably two or three months in, like, the foster care system with the Humane Society. And so she knew her name. Like, when you would say Skye, she'd go and she'd mew at you and come right over. So I couldn't quite get rid of Skye. I was going to name her Selena Kyle after Catwoman, but it wound up becoming... uh, Selena Sky instead. So that's my sweet little princess. She's been sweet from day one, loves to be held and carried around like a baby. And it's the cutest thing. Her little, like, two incisors, so we call them her fangs. Her little fangs will stick out. Really cute. Um, yeah, she's, she's just my baby. I love her to death. She hates all new cats, though, and kittens, so I cannot introduce any more cats into my house, or I would love to maybe foster cats at some point, but not with Selena Sky. She tries to murder them. So that's a whole other story. So I got to rescue and adopt a stray cat as a kitten, which was Rumpelstiltskin, and I got to rescue and adopt basically an adult cat as well, And I think those are both two different amazing experiences. Like, I got to watch Rumpelstiltskin's personality develop, but I got to have Selena where she already had a really strong personality. Like, she loves treats. It's really cute. Um, So the next animal on my list, I promise, is only two more I'm going to talk about here. And then I'll circle back to why we're talking about this and what this has to do with you, possibly. So the next animal on my list is also a cat. There's a lot of cats in my life, I think. Um, The next cat I'm going to talk about is Sylvester, and he is my sis, my, sorry, my brother's cat, but he's stationed in South Korea right now, so my sister's watching him, which is why I said my sister. So my sister loves rescuing animals as well. She went to, she was just, I think, walking her dog, or she was walking to the store, Either way, she was walking to the store from our neighborhood. It was a really short walk. And as she was walking home, she was on our street. And some lady called out to her and said, hey, do you want a cat? And Caroline was like, what? What do you mean, do I want a cat? And this lady was like, yeah, there's a stray cat here. And I've been feeding him, but I'm not going to feed him anymore. I want him gone. I want him off my property. And she's like, okay. So in her head, she's thinking, that's rude as hell. So she went over to the stray cat. He was really sweet. Yet again, probably seven, eight, nine months old. So he was like an adolescent slash teenage cat. And he was black and white like a tuxedo kitty, which is why she called him Sylvester. And she was like, come on, buddy, follow me home. And sure enough, this cat just followed her home. Like, she didn't have any food or anything, so she wasn't coaxing him. He just straight up followed her home. And so she told me that she, we knew we had Selena Sky already, and we knew that if we brought that cat inside, Selena would try to murder him. And he was so sweet, and I would feel so bad. So she said, she's like, this is going to be Eddie's cat. I was like, okay, if he even wants a cat. And she's like, no, he trust me, he's going to want a cat, and this is going to be the cat for him. So we called him. He was stationed up in Virginia at the time, and we lived in North Carolina. 
And this was during the week. And she's like, hey, I've got this cat here. He's really good, really cute, really sweet. Do you want him? We'll keep him for you so you can get down here on the weekend. So my brother was like, yes, I'm coming to get this cat. So we like made him a little bed and stuff and fed him. We kept him on the porch for a while. But he was being bullied by other male feral cats in the neighborhood. So eventually we had to move him into our laundry room. And he lived in our laundry room for a couple days. And then we, when my brother came down for the weekend, he got to live in the guest room with my brother for the weekend and then go home with him. And that was uh, definitely a couple of years ago. And he is a happy boy now. He loves his papa. And yet again, free stray cat. And it just worked out perfectly for little Sylvester. Um, So the next rescue animal I have a story about is my sweet girl, Harley Quinn. So this was my first experience ever rescuing an adult dog. So we'd rescued Hercules, who was a puppy. And he was great. Like golden retriever, super smart. Got him as a baby. Raised him up. Everything was fine. Then we got Harley Quinn. So Harley Quinn was at least five years old at the time. She had been through a lot. Like, you could take one look at her picture on Facebook and you could see the trauma that she had gone through for most of her adult life. And I took one look at her picture on Facebook And we'd kind of been looking for another dog because my sister and Hercules had moved out and Bane was so depressed not having a buddy. So we decided it was time for us to get him a buddy and we wanted to find some kind of boxer that was maybe around his age. So this way they'd have similar energy levels, you know, so we thought. (laughs) So we were looking, we applied with the Carolina Boxer Rescue. We had just submitted the application when Animal Control picked up Harley Quinn. And so my ex was law enforcement and he sent me a text with her picture and the picture had just been posted to Facebook. And he was like, Hey, they just picked up this dog like a few days ago. Do you want to meet her? And I said, absolutely. I want to meet her today. So I went and met her that day and I could just see all she wanted was love. She was kissing me. All she wanted me to do was hold her. And I just fell in love and I promised her, I told her, I was like, I am coming back for you tomorrow. And I didn't know anything else besides that she'd been through some shit. And I could see it because she had stitches, she had scars, she had scabs. And that was all I knew. I picked her up the next day and she was on four different medications because she had a UTI, she had an infection in her eyes, she had mange, she had fleas and ticks, and they, she was on some kind of antibiotic for the stitches from all the bites that she had been a victim to. Um, so many things. So not only were there those things like the actual medical conditions that they knew of at the shelter, but her arthritis was so bad she could not walk more than a tenth of a mile without limping horribly she had incontinence so she was constantly having accidents everywhere like as she was sleeping she was having accidents as she was walking around you could just see it was pee was dribbling out you know like you can just 
all the incontinence. Um, she also had some really bad habits that I had to work through some really, really bad ones. Um, so she took one look at Bane and she bit him. She was about half the weight of what she is now. So she was super malnourished, which led her to stealing a bunch of food. She would figure out how to open the pantry if you didn't close it right. And she ate a whole bag of burger buns and a whole bag of pita bread and a freshly baked loaf of bread and a whole bag of chocolate chip cookies. And she just felt like she needed more food, even though we were feeding her so much to try to help her put more weight back on. But she didn't understand. And another bad habit she had because of her being malnourished and where she came from, she would eat her own poop like immediately. She would poop and eat it instantly. Like there was not a thought or a pause or an anything. It was a go and eat it. So I had to break that habit. It took me about a, a few weeks to break that habit. Uh, so she took one look at her dog and bit him. Thankfully, nothing major. So from her upbringing, her teeth are super messed up. So she didn't break any skin for him and he was okay, thankfully. But I'm sure you can imagine more of the trauma that she went through as time went on that I tried to help her heal from. So eventually some of the things got better. She got off a lot of those medications that she was on. Now she's only on incontinence medication and a hip and joint supplement. She now hikes mountains with me, like literal mountains. We've hiked five plus mile trails, gaining a thousand feet of elevation. Takes us about three and a half hours, but she loves it. And eventually she was able to coexist really well with Bane. At first, sometimes he would move the wrong way and it would trigger her and she'd go after him. And it would take multiple adults to pull her off of him. But yet again, because her teeth are so messed up, thankfully she never broke skin. But it was still super scary and super traumatizing for everybody involved. For Harley, for Bane, for me, for the other adults that witnessed it. She did get into a dog fight with someone's dog that we thought... They were going to be friends, and then they were not friends. And my sister actually had to go to the hospital because she put her arm between the two fighting dogs and got bit, and it broke a lot of skin, and she had to get a bunch of stitches, and they wound up getting infected and all these things. Um, Harley definitely bit me as well. We were walking right in the beginning when I first got her, and she was super dog-aggressive. So if she would see another dog while we were walking on her leash, she would go crazy. Go absolutely nuts, pulling and barking and snapping and freaking out. And my first response was to put her on the other side of me so I'm between her and the dog. And as she was barking and snapping, she wound up biting my thigh. That hurt. It hurt real bad, left me a ginormous bruise on my thigh but thankfully did not break any skin I did not have to go to the hospital for that so she is not people aggressive and you could see it in her eyes every time she had an incident like that my response was yes I'm yelling and freaking out as it's happening to try to get someone to come help me to like stop whatever kind of fight is happening 
and to pull her off, whatever else is happening. But once I got her off, there was no real yelling. There was no hitting. There was nothing. I would calmly put her in her crate and leave her there for probably two or three hours, sometimes an hour, half an hour, long enough though for her to calm down because every time those incidents happened, she was so wound up, she'd be shaking like a leaf. Like she was just so traumatized and freaked out and overstimulated. So I'd put her in her crate till she calmed down and I had the situation under control and then I could calm myself down And then what I would do is I would take her out afterwards and she'd come right to me and she'd put her head on my chest and just with the saddest brown eyes look up at me like I didn't mean it. I am so sorry. And I would usually sit on the ground with her for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour just holding this dog telling her she's okay and that I love her still and I know she didn't mean it and she's gonna be okay and the incidences started happening less and less they became less and less frequent and she has done amazing her transformation sorry I'm getting like teary-eyed here her transformation has been a complete 180 she looks good. She on leash now when we're walking and we see another dog. She does not react. She does not pull. She does not bark. The only thing she does is she just wants to stare at them. And I'm okay with that. She just wants to watch what they're doing in case they do something she doesn't approve of. Now I will say when we walk with Hercules, she will bark and mouth off because I think she feels like she needs to protect me and him and my sister but she knows when it's me and her I will not let any dog close to her and I will not let anything happen to her um we've gone through a lot together so it took me about nine months to get her to where she is and then she really helped change me and my life She's changed my perspective on rescues. I feel like rescues sometimes get a really bad rap. Um, Especially, she's a pit bull boxer mix. Like, especially pit bull rescues get hella shade and shit thrown at them. But it doesn't have to be like that. They can be the sweetest, happiest, most loving dogs of all. If they're given a chance, if they're given a home. Now, I'm not saying everyone has to adopt a traumatized adult pit bull boxer mix and bring it into their home because not everybody has the anything, the means to take care of that. I It cost us quite a bit of money, you know, to keep her up on her supplements, give her some really good food. It took a lot of patience and a lot of love and a lot of work. Thankfully, I was working for myself and working from home at the time. So I was able to be with her 24-7 to help work through some of this trauma. Now, I personally will always adopt dogs from here on out. Will they always be adult dogs with a shit ton of trauma? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Probably. Um, Harley has just shown me 
what things can be like. And I love her for it. So she has done so well and has made a huge, big, and amazing transformation to the point where I I got her certified to be a therapy dog. Um, she loves people and she loves kids. And we've already done a couple of visits. We've gone to a couple of nursing homes. We went to an elementary school, to a library, and it was great. It really, really was great. And I can't wait to do more of that with her. For me, that's a way where we get to give back. We get to give back for all... We get to give back all the love that we have together. We get to give that to other people now. So I wanted to do this episode not to try to guilt you or shame you into rescuing animals, but I wanted to share with you all these different amazing stories of all these different animals, like cats, dogs, pigs, cows, you name it, so you can see the sky is the limit with what you possibly want or need rescuing to be. You can rescue a puppy if you want a puppy. You can rescue a kitten if you want a kitten. That's all completely up to you. If you want to rescue an adult traumatized animal, you can do that too because they need homes and love just as much as the kittens and puppies do. So I'm just here, I guess, to kind of share that message, not to shame you into rescuing, but to show you that there's all these different types of rescuing. And maybe you can't rescue, but maybe you can foster animals temporarily to help them until they find their rescue. Maybe you can volunteer if you can't actually have an animal in your, in your house for whatever reason. Maybe you can volunteer once a week at a rescue or at a local shelter And if you can't do that, maybe you have an extra $20 once a month that you want to give to some kind of a rescue. Because trust me, they need it. So, yet again, not shaming you into rescuing here. All I ever knew growing up was buying animals. And so I've done both as an adult. I've bought an animal and I've rescued a bunch. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it, but I know that my rescue animals have changed my life to the point where that is all I want to do is save more animals that really, really need a good loving home and somebody that has the patience to deal with it. Now, don't get me wrong. There were days, especially with Harley Quinn, where I kind of doubted myself and I'm thinking, what am I doing? Like she just has so much trauma. Am I the right person to help her with this because sometimes my patience was shot like (laughs) it was a lot but then I would take a step back and remind myself if I don't do this if I can't work with her who is more qualified who is more capable than me to give her the love and the time and the patience that she needs I'm not sure if there is somebody else So that was always what I talked myself whenever I talked myself on the ledge, like, damn, this is hard. I would talk myself back off the ledge and say, no, if I can't do it, I know I can do it. If other people can do it, I can do it. And she's a great girl. I can see it. I can just see the love in her eyes. So that's my next topic here. 
the love that animals can provide to you is not diminished because somebody else owned them first, possibly, or because they went through all this trauma. That doesn't mean they don't have a lot of love left to give. And that's why I love rescues so much. Because you can see that where they came from, they had probably not a lot of love. Some of them. And I loved getting to watch the transformation of love. Of what they can do and what they're capable of. It's just amazing to see and to witness these animals grow and change and learn and be the best version of them. Like Harley getting to do therapy dog work. This dog was made for this. Every human being I have ever met that has ever met Harley. Let me rephrase that. Every human that's ever met Harley has loved her so much. They have told me they want to take her home. And I'm talking not just adults, but kids. Like when we went to the elementary school to see kids, I got asked so many times by so many different kids, can I take her home? Can I just have her home with me? (sighs) Animals are amazing and they are resilient just like we are. They have so much love to give just like we have so much love to give. It's just a matter of tapping into that love. So on the topic of love here, um, when I look into Harley's eyes, all I see is love because that's exactly what we provide for each other is love. So sometimes when I forget just how wonderful the world is and I start to choose fear instead of love or if I'm stressed out or anxious All I have to do is look into my sweet girl's eyes or to Selena's eyes or Rumpelstiltskin's eyes and you can see the love and they help me get back into that mindset and mentality of love instead of fear and it really makes a difference in my mood. It makes a difference in everything and I love that I can give back now with Harley as a therapy dog. We can share the love that we have with other people. And so this applies to so much more than just rescue animals. I think this idea of rescuing and love can apply to everything. I think it can apply to plants at Lowe's. Instead of buying a brand new plant, you can go buy one of the plants that need a little extra love in the back that's on clearance maybe. This applies to human children as well in the foster care system. They need a good home and a lot of love too, just like these rescue animals do. So I don't want you to think I only care about animals here. There's so many different things out there that need love that we can provide that we can provide because love to me is infinite it's part of the universe just because you loved the first dog you ever owned doesn't mean you can never love another dog again or never love another cat again because you lost a cat we have and are capable of so much love so i am wrapping it up here i promise um and one of the things you can love 
everything. You can love every, you can love nature and our planet and work on taking care of our planet. You can choose to love your neighbors. You can choose to love your family, even when they get under your skin, your friends, your coworkers. You have the capacity to be the change, to make the change, and to live life the way you want to live life. But that's on you. If you want to live life fearful and full of anxiety, or live life through the lens of love, and that everything can be wonderful. So this higher vibrating energy that I keep talking about that is love, it will literally change your life if you let it. So we definitely went down like a hippie rabbit hole here at the end, which is what I was hoping to do, to kind of talk about rescue animals, animals in general, and then how we can transform our lives by focusing on that love, by letting that love be what you put out into the world in whatever way, shape or form. So I am so grateful that you are listening to this podcast episode. If you know somebody that you think needs to hear this episode, please feel free to share with them. You can like the Facebook page or the Instagram page for this podcast. I will post some pictures here this week of my beautiful rescue animals that I have. So stay tuned for more animal pictures on there besides all the nature pictures that I put up. So thank you for listening to today's episode. We are at, how long are we at now? A long time. (laughs) We're at 50 minutes. Look at that. I think this might be a record for this podcast here. So we're going to wrap it up. May you be well. May you be happy. And may you have the courage to pursue your dreams.